Hello, everyone, and welcome to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report, our weekly conversation about the current issues that we're exposing, confronting, and changing. I'm your host, Carmen Bulber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog, and with us this week is Senator Bob Wykowski, who represent, uh, represents Alameda and Santa Clara counties, uh, to talk about his really important work to reform California's broken bottle deposit law uh, for recycling bottles and cans. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Senator. Well, Carmen, thank you for having me. So uh, you took on an overhaul of the bottle deposit law last year as well, and you're doing so again this year uh, with a new bill, your SB 38, which you introduced right at the start of the session. Um, we should start at the beginning, which is uh, what do you think is wrong with the current bottle and can recycling system and what does uh, SB 38 propose to do to fix it? Well, you know, I love the 1980s, and when we created the bottle bill in 1986, you know, we were we were the cutting edge. California was going to have a CVR, and we were re- recycling. And since that time, we've amended this bill, the bottle bill, 75 times. And what has happened is that rather than be the, you know, the ethos in California is very high for environmental awareness, but the act, the practicality is that we've fallen behind many countries, many states. We're, you know, we're in the 60% of our recycling. Uh, and I think people have wishful recycling, but we're just not doing it. So rather than, uh, you know, as we look at it, and I have people from the Department of Conservation and all that, rather than trying to put the 76 Band-Aid on the the problem. We've decided to go with a better model for extended producer responsibility and have the people who make the bottles be responsible for recycling them. And that's modeled, if I understand correctly, um, in part on the Oregon system for bottle deposits, where they currently have an 86% redemption rate in that state compared to, as you said, our redemption rate, which has fallen all the way below 60%. So what's what's better about this extended producer responsibility system, as you call it? Well, well, what it is is that you – right now, the California consumers are subsidizing. You, you pay a dime or a nickel for a bottle, and if you actually can find a, a convenience center or a, a cycling center that's open, you're going to get about half of that. So you're paying for what – what you know? What the the delta that's lost? What they've done? Oregon has one tenth of our population, and they actually have more of these deposit areas. And what they've done is they have these reverse vending machines. They have a drop off spot. They have they have a a regular store that you can go into. And what they do is they've said, when when in recycling, we're going to take out all the money makers, the bottles. We're going to take out the cans. We're going to take out the plastics, the reusable, drinkable. Um, um, uh, beverage containers, and we're going to keep that clean and keep it. That's where that we're going to get the money. There's no money in recycling your mayonnaise jar. I mean, it's it's, it's a good thing to do, but but and and we need to do that. But they've taken the high end stuff, and they just have. As I go back to this California environmental ethic that they you say we've got to redefine that. We've got to bring that back. So they they bring their bottles back. Like we do, we take our reusable bags. They go to the grocery stores. They're all over. They're all over these little vending machines, and you get a credit immediately for the ten cents or whatever you you paid for it. So, it it's working in Germany. It's working in Norway. It's for Michigan's got an eighty nine percent, you know, recycling rate. I mean, what's that? 
Well, I can Michigan. I can speak to that because I'm from Michigan, and from my I there's no other uh, there was no other system for me. We would just collect the bottles, take them when you go back to the grocery store. You'd get a little slip of paper that was five dollars credit on your grocery bill, and you'd cash it out right there when you got your groceries. So it was so simple, and 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 just second nature. Everybody returned their bottles. You didn't have to right. be some environmental champion. Right. And when I was when I was in the 60s, that's the system we used to have. We used to have our you used to get your nickel for the nickel you had. And I remember as a kid walking because I'm on the main thoroughfare here and picking up bottles that high school kids would drop when they were they're walking around. And that was like my big, you know, as a as a 10 year old, that was my source of income was to recycle bottles and get, you know, 32 cents, whatever I got at the time. Um but and and I think we want to rekindle that. And and what's happening is that the industry, the big players, you know, the Safeways, the Whole Foods, the Coca-Cola waste management, they do it in Oregon, they do it in in uh, Michigan, and you know, in Norway and Germany. So the idea is take, give us everybody a couple of years, have the cities do their curbside recycling, you know, redo those contracts, and have private industry come in and set up a, a system where they're going to make it really convenient. You know, they got in Oregon, it's so cool because they have these drop off, you get different bags and you can have your nonprofit or your church and you can say, okay, we're going to recycle all our recycling is going to be, it's tagged, you know, they got a, a bar, a barcode and you can, you can give it to your, your nonprofit or your, uh, your church or kids do it. Kids have like little college funds that the parents set up and, you know, you use it as a, as a, a teaching, uh, tool. So the governor, they got a new director at Cal recycle. She's, uh, she has stated publicly that she wants to, you know, consider an industry run, uh, system. And I think, you know, the time, this is the time that people are talking about it. We heard, you know, we're hearing that Gallo is interested. The wine industry has been out of it. And so is the booze industry, which is, has a lot of bottles and, you know, a lot of glass. And they're finding out because, you know, under cap and trade, glass production is, is, a, is one of the covered entities because you have to get the furnace so hot that they need to go to a different model because <laughs> the price is going up on the actual taking raw sand and uh uh ingredients rather than taking the glass color it's a it's a it's they need the material to come back in so well you mentioned two things that maybe are a little bit different than last time around one is that there's this been this change at cal recycle rachel wagner is now the new director in charge if i understand she used to work for you when you ran the senate environmental quality committee um and four years right (laughs) So, um, so they're uh, more supportive. Have at least expressed their interest in a, a system to the reform. And then, um, you know, some of our uh, listeners might remember an episode we ran about a year ago when we recounted the saga of last year's legislation, which did not make it off the Senate floor. Um, so, is there what is there anything different in this bill from the prior legislation? Yeah, I mean, the, probably the the thing that catches the headline is I've taken out the the booze bottles and the wine bottles. I'm I'm making it. I'm not making it mandatory. I'm allowing the stewardship program to determine if they want uh, if, if the wine and uh, and booze people want to be included. So so there's permissive language rather than prescriptive language. And you know that was a big thing. These are these are 
uh, big lobbyists. And what we found out in a year, Carmen, is that now the wine industry in in um, Oregon want to join their stewardship program. They've they've figured out that they want to be you know part of that because you know wine folks they you know you always see no herbicides. This is environmentally uh, you know. Uh, proper production they everybody wants to talk about the little appalachia that they it's grown in and 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 appeal to people but they don't want to participate in the glass program and they you know they haven't done anything they haven't put in a penny to educate the public over the last 35 years they you know people do put their wine bottles in the curbside program but not because of anything that the industry did so so i applaud them for now taking a look at it and again gallo i Probably within the next 30 days, I will sit down with the people at Gallo because they have an idea of of where they they would participate in the uh, extended producer responsibility, which is a big step. You know, sometimes that's what it takes when you you try something, it fails, and then you know I'm I put my head down and just keep working and talking to people and saying, here's the wisdom of the long term fix that we're going to do that 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 helps us recycle and makes California that international leader that other people want to duplicate what we've done. They say, well, they can do it and they're making money off of it. Right. So. And I can only imagine that uh, the the current state of the pandemic has had a little piece of, uh, of moving us towards a more likely solution because, I mean, the pandemic has obviously been a real blow to the pottle deposit system, pushing us down to that historic low redemption rate. And I mean, we've lost um, so many redemption centers that consumers just don't have any options anymore for returning their bottles and cans. Right. I mean, I don't like to tell this story. My dad's 93 and he stopped going to the redemption center because they closed the one that was close to his house. And he went, the last time he recycled, he sat in line for two hours. He's a guy, you know, he's got nothing to do. I mean, he's 93, but, but he just said, I don't want to do that. And when you, you know, not that my dad's the, the, the bellwether here, but when the 93 year old who's got all his time, doesn't want to recycle and says, I'm just going to put it in the curbside, forget it. It's, I don't care about the nickel or the dime. Then you say something's broken here. I mean, you've lost that, that, you know, World War II <laughs> uh, generation that is, that that is civically involved and and it wants to do the right thing and says this is you know I paid a dime I want my dime back right so we're gonna we're gonna grab those people again and 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 really focus on the consumer you know this the Oregon model really makes it easy for the consumer the consumer consumer gets their nickel and dime back um, it's uh, you get all these programs to, to make it more exciting. And it's not, the recycling centers don't, they're not these dreary places where you go to. It's like right outside the Safeway, you walk in and there's a vending machine and people are there or they drop them off at a place. And it's just, like you said, in Michigan, it's, everybody does it. Nobody doesn't do it. Right. And it goes onto your, you get it, you know, it goes into your bank account or some card, credit card, uh, that, that the money gets posted to it. Well, no, no one, uh, no one leaves money on the table uh, unless it's too hard to get it back. So, a system that makes it simple for consumers to return their bottles and cans is going to mean we have more recycling, cleaner recycling because it's all separated by the consumer, not in your giant blue bin where it's getting filthy, and um, and move us a little bit closer to a system where we're actually designing products uh, with recycling in mind from start to finish. Right. And, and, you know, in 86, the first bottle bill really helped us take, you know, reduce the amount of uh, uh, 
waste that was going to the the landfills and also you know creating this industry where we're going to reuse this this uh, material and just even a third grader understands that that's a you know that's that's a positive thing you don't want to just use and and, and waste um so you know it's a complex problem but you know sp38 has got that little you know uh it's a comprehensive solution to the long term. So this this would kick in in 2024, give everybody time to to get set up in. But I would imagine you start seeing the vending machines, the drop off parts, the things like that. Where the it's the early adopters, people that want to do that. Um, and I I would guess I'm not a betting person, but I would guess that that would be. All your big, the Ralphs, the Costcos, the the big uh, stores are going to say, we want to be in front of this because we want people to come to our store. I mean, in, in Oregon, if you bring back your bottles, they give you like a 5% or a 10% bonus on your purchases inside the store. So, you know, it's working. It's working. People even incentivize. You get your dime back plus more if you come in uh, and spend some money on our stuff. So I'm optimistic this year. Uh, it's I'm talking to members and talking to the administration and, and, you know, next couple of weeks we'll be in front of the environmental quality committee and, and on our way. Well, well, thanks so much for uh, this, uh, this important fight, uh, taking this fight on and, and for joining us today to talk about it, Senator. My, my pleasure. And thanks for uh, your podcast and keeping the consumers informed. Absolutely. Um, that's it for today. Uh, plenty more on this in the year to come as SB 38 moves through the legislature. So we'll talk about this issue again. Um, thanks to everyone for listening in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carmen Balber, and this has been the Rage for Justice Report.